0: with Ashley Frasca
1: plants, flowers, trees, and stuff brought to you by Pike nurseries
0: on 95.5 WSB.
2: Hey, back with you, hour number two, and this is the last hour of green and growing this morning. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca off the air at 8 a.m. You know, in the last hour, we talked to Lori Wilson anchor with channel two action news this morning with this interesting story. And I have a feeling, this has been around a while, but we're just drawing attention to it with everybody being home after COVID, more aware of their landscapes and beautifying their landscapes and things. The noise and and people's complaints about leaf blowers and things like that. So I also wanted to bring on the executive director of the Urban Ag Council, Mary Kay Woodworth. You've been on the show before. Welcome back, my friend. Oh, Ashley, it's
3: great to talk to you again And it's a wonderful fall day It's beautiful
2: I love it It's going to be a great weekend And you are my first thought with this story To represent kind of the landscape industry Educate us a little bit about your role with the Urban Ag Council And how that ties into the landscaping industry
3: Sure We're a professional trade association For the landscape turf and horticulture industry And so our members are landscape professionals Doing landscape design build, installation, maintenance Turf grass growers, nurseries um, People who sell plants, irrigation So it's really the whole range of everything In the landscape world Are the folks who are our members
2: And y'all have to be chuckling to yourselves Because, you know, it takes maybe a TV station Doing a story like this To get everybody all hot and bothered And talking about this issue of pollution And noise with landscape companies But you've probably been dealing with this And y'all have understood this issue for quite some time
3: that's absolutely right, and uh, I mean it is—it is a hot topic. People are; it's very polarizing. It's a little bit funny that it's just something like this that, that gets people all riled up. But I certainly <laughs> right. understand it. I can say, tell you that I have a, a neighbor who every Saturday morning, eight a.m., it's got a couple folks come and they blow their yard for three to four hours, and I cannot for the life of me figure out what they're doing. So, <laughs> so, 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 so part of what we're we're dealing with is. Making sure that our landscape professionals are educated, but we can get back to that. On a national level, we have been talking about this for several years. In California, it's been proposed outlawing gas-powered equipment by 2024, I believe. And, And they're a unique situation because they have their own emission standards. So that can't, at this point, happen in other states right now. All those other states and municipalities have put some bans in place. So the story that was on WSB a week ago, I suppose, it certainly was interesting. And I thought the reporter did a, a very good job talking to a variety of people. Uh, but one of the things that really struck me was uh, towards the end, they, they cited the emissions issue. Mm. Uh, and, you know, sounds and, and emissions are, are the two, you know, hot buttons on that. And the emissions study was a, was a study done in 2011. Technology has changed considerably since then. I think that folks have to be, you know, a little bit careful of, you know, of the information they're looking at when they're when they're saying, you know, these are noisy pollutants.
2: The line you're referring to or the part of the story Mary Kay absolutely was, the study in 2011 found emissions from just half an hour's use of a gas leaf blower is the same as driving a Ford F150 pickup truck about 4,000 miles. So yes, we've come a long way as far as the efficiency of gasoline and all of that in 10 years. And, of course, I have sympathy for both sides I love the folks in the landscape industry Everyone's been so wonderful to me We have a number that listen to us, you know, when they're on their way to a job on a Saturday morning So I kind of wanted to give you the opportunity to just let listeners know who may be frustrated by this Kind of where the industry may be going and what promising futures you guys are looking at
3: Certainly, there is a very promising future, and I will say that everyone in the industry absolutely supports a responsible transition to the zero-emission equipment when the equipment is ready. The problem we have in, mainly in mostly commercial settings now is the electric counterparts, which are getting better, they still lack the performance of the gas-powered leaf blowers. Mm-hmm. The main opposition, I believe, is really in the residential setting. And like I said before, we all we all hear it every day. We know coming down the road that the battery power will be greater, longer lasting. Prices will come down. It's, it's very expensive to you know buy a uh, the high quality best lower on the market now. You're talking probably fifteen hundred dollars. Oh my goodness! Yeah, compared to for a very good lower emission. Quieter gas-powered model. The high end is about seven hundred dollars, wow. so it's double the cost. So if if you look at a landscape uh, company, having making the transition to a product that is still not there yet, you know, for efficiency and operation, one one piece of equipment for what you could have gotten two for, you know. And we don't want to always like to talk about it's all about the money, mm-hmm. because you know, obviously, quality of life is important. There are the clients that are that are demanding, requiring that. Yeah, their driveways be blown off, their yards be blown off um, and, and there are safety issues as well You know, And that's one of the main reasons for, for leaf removal
2: You know, and I can see both sides of it too I recently spoke to a garden club here in the city And a lot of these ladies are home during the day Whether they're raising a child or they're retired And they're like we have to listen to it all day Every day whereas some of us are at work And we love nothing more than to come Home after a long day's work Wow the landscapers were here look at how great my Yard looks so you do have to be considerate Of you know what position folks are in and someone Like me I'm not super annoyed by it But I nap during the day so you know I mean I can be Mm -hmm. awakened at one o'clock in the afternoon And that is a fine time to be doing Landscape work outside that's a normal Time of day for everyone else but I want To go back to something you said just a few Minutes ago um, getting into how the landscapers in the industry are educated. You empower them by keeping them up to date on these things. That's a
3: very high priority for, for what we do as an association. We actually provide um, fact sheets and information sheets to our members, and they're available for the public as well on our website for leaf blower, you know, courtesy, you know, guide to safe and courteous use of leaf blowers. The uh, Outdoor Power Equipment Institute, OPEI, Uh, has a fantastic website with information for landscape professionals and and, and homeowners as well, um, as well as the National Association for Landscape Professionals.
2: And say that website um, one more time.
3: I believe it's OPEI.org. But they have one whole section about leaf blowers. But, you know, back to um, the courteous leaf blower use, you can drive down the road and see people using them improperly, blowing leaves and grass into the street, which which goes into the storm sewers, those are the, the kind of education that we give our members and why you do not do this. Check your leaf flow. Make sure that it is in good working condition. Follow the maintenance, um, manufacturer's maintenance schedule. And then retire the equipment when it's worn or discharging, you know, unacceptable emissions. That's, I think, half the problem when you, when you look talk about the emissions is people using old, outdated equipment. And uh, the older equipment is also much, much louder.
2: Mary Kay Woodworth of the Urban Ag Council So full of great information Not only for landscape professionals But also just ways of thinking about things differently Maybe different ways to frame it as a homeowner As a resident who's involved in you know just that meticulous care of your lawn And ways to be responsible with that Thank you so much for your time Mary Kay Like I said I I don't mean to laugh But this is really a hot button issue And we've had some calls and I think we have some more coming Where folks really feel one way or the other about this How can folks find out more about the Urban Ag Council?
3: We'd love for you to visit our website urbanagcouncil.com. We also have a Facebook page, Georgia Urban Ag Council, and we are on Twitter. But we appreciate the opportunity to to talk to you about this, Ashley. And as I said before, yeah, you know, we, we we fully the newer equipment and just the technology that's coming our way because it'll it'll save money, save time be better with air and noise pollution and also help with you know labor issues
2: as well. With so technology changing out. as quickly as it does, I think this be- could become you know more of a happy solution for everyone sooner rather than later. Mary Kay Woodworth, thank you so much. Enjoy your Saturday.
3: Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.
2: So wonderful to have Channel 2 Action News reporter Lori Wilson in the last hour, Mary Kay Woodworth there weighing in. And you, I've wanted to hear from you on this topic. So up next, we'll go to Buford and say good morning to Andrew. Hey, Andrew, welcome to the show.
3: Good morning, Ashley. Uh, Good morning to
4: Brent. Uh, Just wanted to say hey and weigh in on this topic. Actually, I was just towering off my steel brand backpack blower uh, just now. I work in a segment of the lawn care industry, in Metro Atlanta, for the past six years. Uh, so I have firsthand experience, like, knowing the difference between electric and gas. Yeah. There is a big power gap, if you will. Um, I think, though, we kind of find some common ground between the division here and if we could come up with some sort of parameters of, you know, at least in town or in tighter communities. Hey, if you've got a lawn space that is, you know, within a certain size, like a smaller lawn space, you got to go electric. Or if you've got a larger space, then. You, can, you have the gas option too I don't know, this is something I was thinking about
2: No, that definitely could be You know, like we heard from Lori Wilson And talking about how the Atlanta City Council May take a vote Just to consider this issue And setting up parameters for what time The noise ordinance would go into effect And something like that too Based on the square footage of your lawn You know, I mean, I've got a, a larger backyard Lots and lots of trees So my leaves are piled high So it's really going to take a strong gasoline-powered blower to get through the just sheer height of the pile of leaves whereas if you've got a more of a cookie cutter style home where you know the front lawn is only yay big and you've got that one ornamental tree in the front yard that's not going to really shed as many leaves right so andrew that's great i'm so glad you put some thought into that and you're weighing in on this that was fantastic and a very good point certainly something to consider up next calling from california it's david are you in california this morning Oh, sure I am. Wow. Yeah. Well, good for you to weigh in. Welcome to Green and Growing.
1: Oh, thanks. A uh, couple of different things. The, uh, I, I as a general rule, I'm a, against the leaf blowers, and part of it is they're cheap motors. You know, if you're going to buy a cheap uh, blower, you're going to have a cheap motor, which is a stinker. Uh, they they have bad seals, and they end up burning oil, and then that burning oil is bad for the environment. I mean, you just Bad enough that you're turning the oxygen into carbon dioxide, but it's even worse that you have the stinky oil that you're burning around town. But then the noise, you know, there are people out in the country that might use those things, but in the city, you know, I'm calling you from, uh, you know, California, San Francisco, and if you had a between two buildings, you could wake up a thousand people at six sure. in the morning with those things. So they're pain in the neck. Oh. So, But the other thing I was going to ask your guest is on the, uh, was it the, uh, it was like uh, plateaus. Uh, I was going to ask her about erosion. Is she still there?
2: She's not, but that is definitely something to consider too. From repeated use of these blowers, and once you get underneath the leaves, and then to the grass surface, and then to the soil surface, that does become a concern. David, I want to I want to bring that up when we get back from break. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Going to step out, check traffic. We've had a red alert on the west side perimeter and weather, and we'll be back to green and growing. It's Ashley Frasca on WSB.
1: It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings, just tell your smart speaker play 95.5 WSB. And we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Here's Ashley.
2: Glad to be back to the show I love your calls on this topic of leaf blowers Whether or not you find them annoying Whether or not you find them to be a necessity For your well manicured lawn And David calling from the west coast Just a minute ago Started to get into the topic of erosion And unfortunately David I didn't mean to cut you short But I had to That was a that was a hard break there um, But yes I, I reeled Mary Kay Woodworth back in And As it pertains to erosion You know we don't want you blowing Bare dirt once you're to that point why would You anyways there's no need to you're Blowing away all of the good topsoil And things like that, nutrients and insects Need that dirt and all that thing, so Also just a good reason, she says, to have Turf grass or some other vegetation To stop erosion in the first place So that's a very good point, having that Some kind of plantings or Grass or something like that to hold the Dirt in place, that's certainly uh, very Necessary. All right, up next we've got a Minute or so to talk to Debbie in Roswell Good morning, welcome to the show
5: Good morning, Ashley Um so my comment I have a question about overwintering some plants, but my comment about the leaves, I try to leave the leaves um away from the house, get them away blow them away from the house and four feet beyond the driveway into the pine straw bed because leaves harbor ticks and I learned that from Walter years ago mm-hmm. and I didn't think anything about it until the kids and I were walking Along the driveway, in the middle of the driveway, um, to the car, and we had to turn around because we got three ticks <gasps> among us.
2: Oh my gosh!
5: And had to come in and get them off. Yes. Wow. I mean, I wouldn't have thought anything about it. But and we had we had fewer deer in our yard that at that point in time. But now I have a family of seven. That I would love to relocate to a new place, but you um, know <laughs> that's not going to happen.
2: <laughs> they go where they want and they eat what they want. Our yards are. Uh, Full on cafeteria bar For the deer for sure But that is definitely Something to consider And I'm sure Debbie A lot of uh, pest control companies would, would mention much the same As far as termites And you know Insects that are really Going to be bothersome To your home Whether you do have stucco Or whether you've got You know cedar siding Keeping those leaves away And the temptation For any bugs to really You know even just rotting the, the materials that your home is constructed of That is a great idea I will talk to you offline about overwintering a couple of plants You had a question about that It's time for news It comes up so fast 404 We're going to talk to Tom again Landscaping a castle But wants to weigh in And Judy and Jefferson Comments about leaf blowers as well We'll be back It's WSB
1: Oh yeah, the grass is green I'm live where the green grass grows The grass is always the
0: other side
2: As the song there says, I want to live where the green grass grows, but at what cost you have leaves falling on that green grass right now? Do you leave them there? Do you use a leaf blower and get them out of the way? That has been the hot button topic of the show today. Welcome back to Greeny Growing. Unfortunately, off the air at 8 a.m. to make room for the Georgia Bulldogs pregame and tailgate show. But my goodness, what great calls. We're going to go back to that topic Heard from Mary Kay Woodworth, the Executive Director of the Urban Ag Council And started the conversation with uh, Channel 2 Action News anchor Lori Wilson And boy, do blowers get on your nerves? Are you okay with them? Are uh, Are they a necessity? So we'll certainly get back to that But first of all, I want to give them their time early on the show today Since we're going off the air a little early, Charles Lampkin from Pike Nursery Good morning, welcome back
4: Good morning, Ashley
2: Certified plant professional manager at the Marietta location, and we're going to take a break from leaf blowing and talk about something really happy, holiday cheer. What do you have in the nursery today, Charles?
4: Uh, a lot, a lot of Christmas trees, ah. and I don't think we can get upset about about those <laughs> or have any nothing any con- <laughs>
2: right, nothing controversial except for uh, Mike Shields, who is my traffic colleague. Is the biggest Christmas cheer guy you'll meet But then we called him out on this Because he has a fake tree And I was like How could you have a fake tree When you're the biggest Christmas guy I know Like live Live tree has always been my preference My family's tradition and things like that So that's where we want to go with this um, Charles, thanks for joining us To talk about this So all of the nurseries stocked full It's a Christmas wonderland in the greenhouses With the Christmas trees And maybe for someone who wants to consider a live tree For the first time this year Y'all have a really good list of things to consider Things to really look out for When you're going through that thoughtful process Of picking just the right tree for your family
4: definitely definitely and then whether you're getting your tree from us or not we would like you to come here and we'll make sure to you know serve you and give you what you need but always uh always make sure where where the trees are being stored that may not be on the floor make sure they're they're shaded um and we put all of our trees as soon as they come off the truck underneath a piece of shade cloth and that just protects them some from sun scorch and it extends the longevity of these of these cut trees um, when you do find your, your tree out on the floor Make sure the color is is good And some trees are going to be more a little more bluer than others Or a little more darker green than others But avoid browning or, or yellowing on, on trees
2: Yeah, that's a bad well, sign if the branches are already starting to brown
4: Right, and then uniformity it's, it's to each his own You might want the perfect, you know, shape tree You might want a Charlie Brown tree at your house But <laughs> if you are looking for the for, for uniforming, make sure there's no large holes or or spaces in between some of the branches on on certain kinds of trees and freshness and and flexibility are kind of one and the same you want to be able to to uh, take your 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 hand along one of the branches of the trees and and drag along those needles if uh, a lot of needles are falling off of that off of that branch you know it, it could have dried out um but those those needles should be flexible and and, and perk back up and one way, we, one way we, we try to make sure that these, tra- these trees stay fresh is we give them a fresh cut And we put them in a bowl of water and we stand them on a stand So you get to see the tree at a 360 degree angle They're not just sitting in bins or piled in piles You really get a chance and a really good opportunity to pick out the right tree for your family You here.
2: know, let me just say I drove by a parking lot yesterday that will remain unnamed And I know they were setting up the tent For the Christmas trees And the Christmas trees were piled up In the parking lot on the asphalt And then had a black tarp over it Because I guess that was just what they were doing Before they got them set up under the tent And I thought, wow, a black tarp is doing nothing But drawing all of this bright sunshine And this heat into it, and then those poor trees are probably just getting fried underneath So I hope that was not uh, that was not a long-term thing But yeah, to be standing in water with a fresh cut That way the trunk is able to absorb all of the water And then that's on you once it's in your house To keep it watered, always stick your finger down in that stand And make sure the water level hasn't gotten too low um, So Charles, what we're going to see at Pike Nursery Is something just really incredible With all of the different varieties you know, you all offer Fraser fir is the most popular, of course. But for folks that have never even seen these different types of trees, describe some of the other types to us.
4: I think one of the things that makes us really great, and I don't know where else you could see any of these other trees. Um, one is the called the Nordman fir, and it probably has the deepest uh, green color, the longest needles out of all the selection here. And just have a really great, almost like Germanic Christmas tree type, just the perfect triangle, the perfect shape going down. So one of my favorite trees, Um, the noble firs have a nice blue-green color. They have really heavy branching and very dense foliage. So if you have a lot of ornaments or decorations, those are really, really good trees. Um, one tree that's gotten very popular in years um, has been the the alpine noble, oh. and these are, are grown naturally, so they have exaggerated um, spacing in between the branches, and, and they're a very, very popular tree, and you definitely can't find them anywhere else but here, and then our, our flock Christmas trees So the, those white trees you see in, in the bags going down the road um, <laughs> We spend a lot of time And a lot of energy making these trees Right for our customers And you could pick one out on the floor That's that's ready to go and already been flocked Or you can do a custom flock And if you find that special tree on the floor And want it flocked We can have that wow. done for you in a, in a couple of days Now what's yeah. that
2: process? Is the flocking blown onto the tree?
4: It is. Um, We have a big hopper with the material. Um, It is non-toxic. It does have a flame retardant in it, too. And one of the best things about a flock tree is it does not need water. That um, that flocking process seals the needles and seals the moisture in the trees. So as soon as you put it out, it's ready to go and ready to decorate, and you do not have to worry about water. In fact, water is its only enemy. So unfortunately, (laughs) if it is raining one day, and luckily, we have a covered greenhouse, so you will not get wet when picking out your Christmas tree. But if it is raining, the flock tree will not be able to go home. But we'll, we'll hold it here and keep it safe and, and give our customers a call back when when their tree is ready to take home.
2: So I love that I have a variety of folks that listen to this show, Charles And many say they have a black thumb, they have a brown thumb And they just kill plants and they forget to water them So hey, the flocked Christmas tree may be for you Because you don't have to water it, that's fantastic And I wanted to go back to the Nordman for the one you said was probably the deepest green color Um, On a lot of you all's social media posts here in the last couple of days, Pike Nursery on Instagram and on Facebook, folks are responding, especially about that Nordman fir. They're so relieved that is the tree for them if they have allergies. You know, if they're really big allergy sufferers, they can have a live (laughs) tree in their home.
4: Very important. And I'm sorry I forgot to mention that. If, If you're looking for that great Christmas tree odor and smell, this probably isn't the tree for you, but yes, for, for anyone with allergies or just may not like the smell of Christmas trees, this is the tree for you. What is very wrong with you if you oh, don't like the smell point. of Christmas trees? <laughs> ah. But no, if you're allergic,
2: that's a whole nother thing, but you're right. And I love the people that have the fake trees, and then they they buy like the spray, the aerosol spray to spray onto their fake trees to make it smell like a Christmas tree. I'm like, oh, come on. Come on, <laughs> there's a market for anything out there. All right, well, Charles, we're new to Atlanta. We've never been to a Pike Nursery, but by golly, this is the time we're going to go. How do we find your locations?
4: Um, I mean, you can you can look online to find any of our uh, Pike Nurseries locations. You can go to our website. My store in particular is right up Roswell Road, off the One Twenty Loop, Marietta. But no, we are all we are all fully stocked and and this is something special we do once a year for for all of our customers. So it's um,
2: such a fun time for you all the employees as well.
4: It it is. It's it's hard work but it's it's definitely worth it. And it's just it's really enjoyable to see the families come in, pick out their tree and um yes, yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time and uh yeah, check out check out your, you know, take pictures here, post them to your to your other social outlets, you know, Pike looks at those and uh and we're we're just we're here to have fun and, and this is a great time to do it.
2: It is always fun to have you on the show. Charles Lampkin, thank you so much for coming back.
4: Thank you, Ash. Have a good
2: day. You too, and a happy Thanksgiving. I can't believe it's less than a week away. All right, four oh four eight seven two zero seven fifty. So up next, Tom calling from Atlanta to weigh in on the, the leaf blower uh not controversy, but topic here. And you've been in the landscape industry for quite some time, Tom.
0: I have. It's probably been over thirty years wow. that I was a landscaper in Atlanta. But about four years ago, I moved to uh, Copenhagen, Denmark, and I have a lawn maintenance company there. Huh. But one of the one of my places I do work is at a castle, um, just outside of Copenhagen in the suburbs, uh, Frederiksborg castle my danish is not too good yet but <laughs> uh, but when we're working at the castle we have to use all battery equipment because you have tourists walking around the gardens and so forth but the you can imagine how big of i think it's 80 acres or 100 acres that the castle has and a lot of its manicured hedges and gardens and so forth but on on the landscaper's Side Battery is good But it's definitely not as powerful As gas
2: So do you so see you, that the technology Could improve in the next few years To, I mean, you know, the battery life doesn't last long From what I understand But yeah, just, I mean, the, the voltage couldn't be high enough To really take care of some of the, the bigger jobs So do you think that that is a promising future, though?
0: Oh, sure As technology gets better uh, Especially with blowers The battery blowers, I gotta tell you the battery gets chewed up really fast. Uh. So, you know, part of it is just, you know, being considerate. I can, I can hear the, you know, Buckhead people or so forth. I can understand that. Sure. It's just, I guess, on a landscaper's point of view, it's just maybe, you know, be considerate in the times you start and finish and so forth. Uh, but, you know, as a landscaper, you have a job to do even, you know, even at the castle. You know, we've got to get some things done too. Yeah, and and uh, so I, it's it just I think being considerate, using like I heard one, one landscaper talk about if you got a smaller place and maybe use a battery and so forth, and and I think it's just you, all of. Everyone just needs to be reasonable. On, Absolutely,
2: and we don't situation. need to lose our heads over this kind of thing, too. And Karen called in just a few moments ago against leaf blowers completely, but just asking, you know, professional companies. To, to go to your point of being courteous, Tom Not blowing the leaves into someone else's yard That could definitely create a spat between neighbors But also being mindful to not blow the grass clippings And the leaves into the street And from my knowledge of that I'm friends with a lot of motorcycle riders And they just absolutely detest When they have to go through a place Where the leaves and grass clippings Have been blown into the street That's dr- dangerous for them When that stuff gets wet, it's super slick And the motorcycle riders tend to really be fearful of that Well, Tom, it was not missed on me that you mentioned you are a professional landscaper probably the head landscaper of a castle in Denmark. Would you be willing to share pictures with me that I could share with the listeners?
0: Sure, I'll try to send them when I get on a computer and all that. I'm not the head. I'm only, you know, part of a huge staff. So, wow. but, you know, but the other thing is part of the things we got to do, you got to do it manually. I'm sorry, the the European culture is sometimes if you just got to do some hard yeah. work That's what you got to do and not Even at the castle it's,
2: it's a labor of love for sure Using the rake Using the ham pruders Instead of the hedge trimmers Do it the right way Tom, wow So great to hear from you I am glad you called I hope to get pictures from you That's fantastic Alright, wrapping up the calls On this topic When we come back You're listening to Greeny Growing on WSB
1: It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The News, Weather, and Traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk.
2: What a fun show today And I'm so sorry that it's coming to an early end Wrapping things up here in the next couple of minutes To make room for the Georgia Bulldogs Last home game of the season Pre-game and tailgate begins at 8 o'clock Kickoff right here on your Home of the Dogs At noon today, so stay with us throughout the day You'll hear Dave Baker and Belinda Skelton On tomorrow The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing Today, mostly sunny, breezy and chilly Today, you definitely maybe want some gloves A scarf, high of only around 55 In Metro Atlanta, low around 42 And mostly cloudy tomorrow with a chance for late rain showers in the evening High of 62 though, low of 44
1: Green and growing Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend
2: Talking a lot about leaves, what to do with them Well, I'll tell you, if you want to rake them and pile them up A, you can shred them, that's number one Spread them over your flower beds, put them in the compost pile All of that is going to add nutrients back to your garden Great for flower beds, great for that compost pile because that's what you're gonna eventually mix in with your garden beds when you go to do your spring planting. Um, Number two, another idea Talking about endless summer hydrangeas That was only on top of mind for me because I still see them, uh, the bright Mophead, you know, blue blooms for sure They're still out there, what you don't need To do, you don't need to prune them, you don't need to fertilize Them right now, just let them lose the leaves Leave them alone, but insulate Those plants with mulch or leaves That's another fine use for leaves And number three on the to-do list, move ferns Inside if you haven't already and you want to Overwinter those, yes they shed They may not be worth overwintering, but if you Choose to if you've just got a great big Boston Fern that you love cut it back Before uh, taking it in and they need to Be in a humid spot rather than the Dry heat in your home and I was Talking with Debbie from Roswell earlier about Trying to winter overwinter begonias And geraniums I'm going to try my geranium I don't want to let it go just see what happens She's got some beautiful begonias same Kind of thing if you want to bring those in in the pots A little humidity is going to do them Some good so I suggested maybe over That garden tub you've got a big Window in the master bathroom maybe that. That's going to be a great place for some of these to You know, get the humidity they need As long as they're not over a dry You know, heat vent So it is time to go Thank you so much for going with the topic today Of leaf blowers We may do it next Saturday Who knows, that was a hot topic And I didn't get to all of your calls Stay safe, have a great weekend And enjoy your Thanksgiving week If you're traveling out on the roads, please Give yourself extra time. Be courteous to folks traveling in and out of the city. Just be safe out there. Have a great weekend. I'll be back with you during Triple Team Traffic in Atlanta's Morning News on Monday morning, bright and early at 4.30 a.m.
5: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes